Hello, my friend. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Dear Matchmaker. Uh, I'm so excited to have you here. As always, I'm just thrilled that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us today. Welcome to the show. If we've never met before, or even if we've had, uh, I'm Kat. I'm Kat Cantrell. I am uh, your hostess with the mostess, uh, your matchmaker and dating coach. So welcome to the show. Our goal here at Dear Matchmaker is to answer your questions. Uh, you can submit your questions going to dearmatchmaker.com or also through the socials. Um, I'm on Facebook or Instagram at Kat Cantrell. You can always just kind of slide into my DMs and uh, ask me a question there. And I'm happy to answer it here uh, as a part of the show because the reason being is because I don't want you to feel that you're alone because dating is hard. So much so that sometimes we just need the validation. Sometimes we just need to know that someone else is also going through it. And it's, you know, it's interesting. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I put on singles events and half of the time singles are like, gosh, it's just so nice that there's just other people that are out there that are like me who are also looking for love. And that's what our goal here is at Dear Matchmakers, not only to answer your questions as your matchmaker and dating coach, but also to bring experts to um, help us uh, look at things differently, create some clarity, uh, bring us um, the tools that we need in order to have better and empowered dating lives. And um, sometimes uh, here on Dear Matchmaker, I love to share with you uh, little personal stories. And so today that's what I'm doing. I'm going to share with you um, a little bit about my relationship, my first relationship outside of my divorce and the key takeaways that I learned from that. And it is a story to be told uh, because very few people I've actually told this story. And so now I'm just telling it out to the masses because I think that it can give you an idea of what we can do when things don't seem to go our way or, uh, well, before I go into all of it, I'm not going to jump into it quite yet. Uh, before I go into it, just as a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by my agency, theheartagency.com, which I offer matchmaking, dating coaching, singles events, and image consulting, my friends. I promise you my little VIP package is going to be put together. Um, I knew I said I was going to say by this episode, but nope, still working on it. I should have it to you by next episode. I'm so excited about it. Because sometimes we just need a, a quick flash. Sometimes we maybe don't need ongoing coaching or maybe we don't even need the matchmaking. Sometimes we just need a weekend. And um, man, I tell you, it's one of my most favorite things is to help you see yourself in a completely different light and image consulting and uh, image makeovers. Oh my gosh. It's my one of my most favorite things. So please stay tuned. I promise to you I will get this information to you sooner than later. Uh, so stay tuned. I should probably have it to you by next episode. But um, so today I'm not really answering a question. Today I'm kind of doing a, a little bit of a sharing is caring uh, episode where I'm going to share a little bit about my first relationship um, after my divorce. And actually probably uh, it started when I was going through my divorce. And um, I want to share the story with you because I think that when we get in situations like this, it can make us really kind of lose hope. And uh, for me, this relationship really shed a lot of light. Uh, it was it was a moment of of clarity where it made me really reflect on who I was and what it, what it, what was I looking for. I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. But I do feel that um, 
if I was in a different headspace, I probably wouldn't have dated him. And that, you know, that's part of the work that I do is, is to prevent you from getting involved with people that you're trying to like they're a square peg and you're trying to fit it into a round hole. And we're trying to make people into things that we would be compatible with. And so instead of ignoring, you know, instead of like, instead of like looking at the red flags and being like, yeah, uh, maybe I shouldn't explore this. Uh, so, you know, you ignore them because of dating in a mindset of scarcity and who else is going to love me. And this relationship is better than nothing. And so I kind of just want to share a little bit about my experience. I'm going to give you the top five things that I learned from this relationship. And not a lot of people know about this story. So why not? Why don't I just go ahead and throw it out? So, um, I, so when I started going through my divorce, I, um, when I started going through my divorce, I wasn't up for dating at all. Um, in fact, I didn't date at all for at least six months. Uh, so the divorce was on the, on its way. And, um, at the time, um, my, uh, soon to be ex-husband, had disclosed to me that he was already dating and that he had met who he thought was going to be his wife. And I thought, man, if he's already out there dating, uh, why am I not? Why am I not putting myself out there? And that was probably, uh, I should have listened to myself at that time because I was in no shape or form. Now, I don't want you thinking that you know, one of the things that people love to say when they need other people, if they are separated or they're going through a divorce or they're newly divorced is people love to say, oh, well, you're not ready yet. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be the rebound person. And the advice that I always give is that it's not your call to make. You can't, it's not your job to point the finger at that person and say, you're not ready. You're the one as the person needs to decide if you're willing to date someone who's going through that. Like that's the decision that you not, that you need to make. Not, It's not your job to point to somebody and tell them they're not ready unless they've been showing you that they're not ready. Then that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. But it's not, I think that singles need to stop doing that. It's not your job to make that determination. It's that unless their actions show you that. So for me, I had no business of, I really had no business of dating. I should have listened to myself, but instead at the time I thought, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. People were asking me if I'd been putting myself back out there again. And I had been with my ex-husband for 15 years and I was like, man, I just knew that I wasn't ready, but I did. I did. I put myself back out there and, um, went on some dates, but very, very quickly, um, met this man and, um, he ended up pursuing me. And I remember saying to myself, um, I thought that he was nothing like my ex-husband soon to be ex-husband. He was the complete opposite. And one of the thoughts that I had to myself was, Hmm, well, I know that, these things didn't work. Like my ex-husband and who he was, that didn't work. So this man is like the complete opposite of my ex-husband. So of course this is going to work. Of course this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a great relationship. And at first it was at first, you know, you know, you, sometimes you can move very, very quickly. Uh, especially if you're an anxious attachment, that's what I was where you can, uh, get intimate super fast. That's, that's the comfort zone is, is trying to create as much intimacy with somebody as quickly as possible emotionally. 
and uh, found myself in a committed relationship with somebody that I really had no business in being in a relationship with. And there was a lot of warning signs that were happening, but I chose to for like forgive and to not um, to ignore them because this was my first relationship coming outside of my divorce. And I said to myself, okay, well, this man is the complete opposite of my ex-husband. And if this doesn't work, then there's probably no hope for me. And so I kept trying to ignoring the red flags, ignoring, uh, the, what was, what was happening in our relationship. And what I looking back now as a dating coach and as a matchmaker, we were for sure in an avoidant, anxious relationship. And one of the things that he used to do was he had, um, his family had this like cabin or something that was in another city. And so he would pack up him and his kids and they would go to this cabin and I wouldn't have my kids for the weekend. And he would be like, I would always like curious and always wonder why, um, you know, why was I not included? Like, why was I not a part of, uh, inviting, you know, to go with him as his girlfriend. And we were committed. I was in a committed relationship with him. Um, we were boyfriend, girlfriend, and yet he would take these weekend adventures and not want to bring me along. And that in itself was very, uh, difficult, um, especially as an anxious attachment. And I should have expressed myself. I should have said, Hey, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't understand. And he would always tell me it's because he needed space It's because he needed the weekends away. And, you know, again, it's like trusting. It's like, are, you know, so the first lesson that I learned in this relationship was, you know, the difference between knowing when you're working out of anxiety, if you're, especially if you're an anxious attachment, or am I working out a space of anxiety and fear of being alone? Or is this truly kind of a red flag? And it's my intuition and me saying to myself, okay, this is something that doesn't add up because they are two different scenarios, right? So like, is this fear-based? Is this anxiety-based? Or is this truly a red flag? And looking back, this was a red flag and I'll tell you the reasons why. So as the relationship progressed, the relate, the, we didn't, um, it just seemed like it was kind of coming to a standstill where we weren't really talking about engagement. We weren't talking about marriage. It just kind of was like, almost became, I felt like that this relationship became a, a relationship of convenience for, um, for my boyfriend at the time. And so long short of it. So we had been together for over a year and there was a lot of different red flags along the way. And I don't want to go into all the details because it doesn't matter how we broke up was the icing on the cake. And I never thought that I would go through an experience like this. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to tell you this, because the the, fa the fact that I was able to bounce back after this relationship should hopefully give you hope. So the first thing that I learned is like the difference between anxiety and fear and whether or not this is like my intuition that something is wrong. So what ended up happening, so we had been together for over a year and he had full custody of his kids and his kids were off to their mothers for two weeks. And conveniently at the same time, my ex-boyfriend started to not feel well. 
And so it was one of those situations where I'm like, okay, he doesn't feel well. And he's like, yeah, I really don't feel good. I really need some time alone. Um, I really need some space. Um, and for me as an anxious attachment, this is like your worst nightmare, right? So you're in, I'm in a committed relationship with this man and he tells me that he just needs space and no really explanation other than he's not feeling well. Well, of course you want to help them. You want to like give them, you know, what can I do? Do you need chicken soup? Do you need, you know, what is it that I need to do to help you along? And instead of allowing me in, he completely pushed me away and said that he needed space because he wasn't feeling well. And this went on for a week. And it made me so like, I mean, I didn't see him for a week and we lived in the same town and he just told me that he didn't feel well. And I just knew, you know, this was a moment where I knew I'm like, okay, something is off. Something is not adding up. And I went to the grocery store. And when I was at the grocery store, we literally ran into each other (laughs) and he had, I'm not kidding. Um, he had some whiskey, he had, uh, some soda, he had some like snacks. And I'm like, this isn't really the grocery cart of a man who's not feeling well. And I (laughs) remember saying like, are, are we going to reconnect? Like what's going on? And he had said, um, I invited him over for dinner And so he had come over for dinner and he was on his phone the whole time. And I was like, okay, um, you know, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to go back home. And he told me that my anxiety, instead of like asking me, what can I do? Um, how can we help? Like, I know I'm not feeling well, but what are the things that, you know, how can we, you know, instead of communicating, he projected onto me and told me that my anxiety was like contributing to his, why he was feeling so sick. And so then I even felt worse because I'm like, okay, I'm already like, not that dots are not adding up, but now I've gotten to a point where I'm now I'm feeling even worse because I feel like, okay, gosh, my anxiety is contributing and I really don't want to. So I took a step back. Come that weekend, um, he gives me a call and says that he needed to talk to me. And he told me that he finally went to the ER and was now at the time I had a full-time corporate job. And part of my full-time corporate job was that I read medical records for a living. And I know, cause people are always like, what did you do before all this? I was in a, sitting in a cube, um, you know, working, working, reading, uh, reading medical records for a living. And um, he told me he went to the ER and he said that he has been so sick that they decided to do a brain scan. And he told me that he had stage four brain cancer. I'm not kidding. And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) So he came, he asked me to, um, he told me on the phone that, um, you know, he just needed to process it. And I was like, that's fine. And, um, I was like so distraught and he's like, he didn't want to talk about it. And to me again, in my head, none of this was making sense. And I'm like, how, cause I read medical records for a living. It's like all of a sudden people don't get diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. This can't, this can't be, this can't be real. Like this can't be real. It's like, I wanted answers. I wanted answers. 
So I, he completely pushed me away and I was so distraught and I went out that night with my girlfriends and he was texting me and texting me and texting me and texting me, wanted me to come over. I ended up coming over and he ended up breaking up with me the following morning, telling me that he didn't want me to watch him go through all of this and to suffer and that he just decided that he was going to sort this out between him and his children and that he was breaking up with me. So... I'm like, I don't know what to do. My boyfriend just told me he's dying of cancer. He's breaking up with me. I can't even help. I mean, what is the person to do in all of this? So completely distraught, beside myself, what am I going to do but other than walk away and understand that I had to give him space. I didn't exactly know how to process it myself. But still in the back of my mind and in my gut, none of this made sense. None of this. And maybe as you're listening to this, you're like, okay, come on, Kat. (laughs) But I was, I had a scarcity mindset. I was thinking to myself, you know, this is the best guy and I can't get get any better than this. And, uh, you know, how am I possibly going to recover, you know, if we don't work out, like how do I, how am I going to be able to find somebody? And so like when you're in that, when you're in that, like when you're not in abundance mindset and you're more in a scarcity mindset, it can force you to stay in relationships way longer than what you anticipated because you say to yourself, okay, well, I'm in a relationship. I'm going to make it work. I know it can work, even though there's tons of bells and whistles that are going off and telling you absolutely not pack up your stuff, get your toys and go home. (laughs) I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go home. Like why I was still and allowed, you know, got to this point where I was like, okay, he broke up with me. That's completely fine. It wasn't fine. I'm like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to process this. I had, you know, friends and family. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to move through this. Two days goes by. He contacts me, tells me he needs to talk to me comes over to my house, begs me back and tells me, oh, miraculously, it's not stage four brain cancer. It's actually Lyme's disease. And he wants me back. And I was in such complete shock. I had already gone through the mindset of being like, okay, he's dying of cancer. He's breaking up with me. Oh, now he's not dying of cancer. And now he wants to get back together with me all in a series of like 72 hours. I was completely numb by this. I was dumbfounded. I was like, none of this makes sense. I can't make sense of it all. And I was like, sure, okay, yep, we'll get back together. The next two weeks, so I go to work. I'm talking. I we Since I, I deal with medical records for a living, that we have a medical director on staff, I go to him and I tell him the story. And they're like, this is, you know, he says it's this and it's this. And he looked at me and he's like, have you broken up with him yet? <laughs> I'm like, not yet. Because um, I was still trying to make sense of it all. Fast forward two weeks, my single girlfriend who – we were friends. We worked in the same department. She sends me a message. She tells me to come over and look at, you know, she has something to show me. And there is my boyfriend on match.com with his screen name, Lonely in Iowa. And 
had been active in the last 24 hours. So I took a screenshot. I emailed it to him and was like, we're done. Because you know you can tell. You can tell how, you know, the last time they were online and she was single. She was online and she was like, I swear this is this is Kat's boyfriend. And she she called me over. Thankfully, thankfully, thank you, thank you, thank you. She knows who she is. We're still friends. And said, you know, isn't this your boyfriend? Sent him a screenshot, sent it over to him after 15 months of being in a relationship and ended it right then and there and never looked back. Now, the reason why I shared this story with you is because this kind of stuff happens to the best of us. I consider myself a highly intelligent you know, woman who's very insightful, but there are so many things along the way that were screaming at me and telling me that this was not true, that I needed to look, you know, trust my intuition, but I didn't. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Because when and if my last episode, you know that I'm a pleaser. And so by giving and giving and giving to somebody emotionally, that helps me feel loved. Now, he tried to get back together with me, tried to contact me a few times, telling me that it was the biggest mistake. And he did admit that he faked cancer, that he faked Lyme's disease because he didn't want to lose me but he wanted to date around to see what other options were out there. And ever since then, I mean, the moment he contacted me, he's blocked. And this is this was like years and years and years ago. He tried to surface once after Brian and I started dating. He tried to surface once and wanted me to um, testify for him uh, as a character witness from him and this other woman. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? I don't think so. So this was my first relationship outside of my divorce. And if you know a little bit about my marriage, like I had major trust issues, major trust issues. How can I trust a man? How can I, I mean, my ex-husband had cheated on me. This ex-boyfriend had cheated on me. What was going on? How can I get myself into a position to where I don't attract these types of men into my life? What is it about me that was attracted to this? What about me? What is it about me that allowed myself to stay in this relationship too long? What was it about me that said, yeah, it's okay if you say that you're dying of this and it's this and yeah, totally, you can come back. So those are the questions that I needed to ask myself. And I think that when it comes to trust and trusting men or trusting women, in order to find love, we have to be vulnerable and we have to trust. But I think one of the main things that we struggle with, it's not necessarily that we don't trust other people, which that, I mean, yes, but part of it is that we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our own picker, especially if we've had experiences in the past where there's been a pattern, it's not that you don't trust other people, it's that you don't trust yourself. And when you don't trust yourself, it doesn't matter who's going to be in front of you. You're going to struggle to let someone in because you don't trust yourself. 
And the quicker that you can get to a point to where you can give yourself grace and trust yourself in the process and know that you're doing the best that you can and get the, and get the knowledge that you need in order to have a better understanding of what it is that you're looking for and what is it that you need in a partner that you're not willing to settle for this and this and this, and you're willing to compromise on things. You know, this to me is the important piece is getting to trust yourself. And that's where I had to get. I had to get to back to a point where I had to trust myself and to trust my picker. So let me tell you the five things really quick of what I learned. The first thing is what I've already said. The difference between knowing the difference between I was grateful to be able to sort out the difference between what my intuition was. I mean, hindsight's 50-50, I know, or 2020. 50-50. <laughs> Sorry, 2020. Looking back. Yes, now I can recognize, okay, this is when my intuition was telling me this, and this is when it was more anxiety and fear-based. So that's number one. Number two, trust. Learning how to trust myself and to not compare. Because I had that experience with my ex-boyfriend, it's not fair to, to compare that experience with him to every other man that I was going to meet because they're not the same. Just because I had this experience with this man, it doesn't mean I'm going to have an experience with the next, as you can tell with Brian. I mean, if I let that previous relationship ruin and destroy me, I would have never been able to put myself in a position to get enough knowledge and understanding about myself and trusting myself again. I would have never found Brian. Okay. Number three, don't take your ex back. <laughs> don't do it. I'm not going to go into all the detail about it. But your ex is an ex for a reason. When you break up with him, that's it. And if you want, I don't, I don't want this whole episode about why you shouldn't take back your ex. There, I have a whole podcast episode about that. I will go ahead and link it into the comments or link it into the, into the notes down below. You can listen to that. But I should have never taken him back. And, you know, that I learned that lesson very, very much. Number four, don't date the opposite right? So if you have a relationship with somebody and it went south, figure out what about that relationship that you liked and what about that relationship you didn't like. And sometimes, especially when my clients, when I first start working with them, it can be really hard to figure out, gosh, what do I like? Especially if you've never had like a, a relationship that has lasted longer than three months, right? You can be like, oh, God, it's really hard for me to figure out what I like. And it's sometimes you just start with what you don't. And we can go from there. So just because you date a person that is a certain qualities, figure out what is it that you liked about that person. It's not that you have to date the opposite of them. It's what is it that you, know, you liked about them and the qualities about them that you want to find in your potential future partner. Okay. And number five, your needs are valid. In that relationship, I never expressed my needs. It was always up to him. I let him. He was... You know, if he wanted, he got what he wanted because I never expressed what my needs were in that relationship and I never put my foot down. And I realized that that is what I should have done the whole entire time because I probably would have not have wasted all of that time and energy on somebody and would have gone through something like that. So those, that is my, uh, dating my um, ex-boyfriend uh, story. Yes, it's all true. 
It's all true. Not a lot of people know about it, but now y'all know about it. So um, let me know what you think. I would love to know, have you ever had an experience like this or like a made for TV kind of like uh, ex- like experience like this? I would love to hear some of your stories because sometimes we just have to look back and we've got to laugh. And we're just like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe that I went through that. Um, but I don't, you know, I would, would I do it all again that way? Maybe not. But it's certainly taught me a lot, and I'm very, very grateful for all of that. So thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging on. Um, I appreciate you so much, and uh, thank you for being here. And as a reminder, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, I would love it if you would rate or review or follow the podcast, because the more follows we get, the more other people are going to learn about us. So I would love to have that. And if you loved this episode, you know, do you want to hear more about my own personal stories? Like I've, you wouldn't believe the amount of stories that I have. So if you want to hear more of those, let me know. I love to hear from you. So just shoot me a DM. If you're not following me on social media, I would love to have you follow me. So come and follow me at Kat Cantrell, both on Instagram and Facebook. Let me know what you think about this episode. I would love it. Um, And I just, uh, I'm so grateful for you. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. And remember, I promise you, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. Bye.